oh, here comes Deeks and Quicks. Even that you pass with a pod. Cast, uh oh. <laughs> Break it down, uh oh. Get it in your ears now, fast. Quicks, Deeks, Cast, Pods. Uh. Welcome back to Two in the Basement, a Dead by Daylight podcast. It's been a few weeks and there is so much to talk about. I have a fellow DVD content creator, the Toxic Penguin, with me this week to talk about some developer updates, PTB patch notes for mid-chapter, and some real-world issues regarding racism and the Leatherface mask in-game. I also apologize as there may be some sound issues with a new microphone and recording not going quite to plan. I will also let you know we did talk about the shrine at the end of the podcast, but I wasn't able to upload it in time. However, I do still think the perks are worth discussing, so make sure you listen out for that. I hope you enjoy listening. Make sure to share with a friend or someone else that plays the game. And thank you so much for all the support. Penguin, did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? So, I am the Toxic Penguin, or Penguin, or for those that knew me from a long time ago, Apocalyptic Penguin. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, that was a old name. I've been playing DBD... I think I got the game like a few days after the legacy deadline. So like late oh, 2016, no. <laughs> which yeah, it wasn't that much of a big deal there, but every day that goes on, I'm like, I wish I had those skins more and more. <laughs> and yeah, played a lot of Dead by Daylight, met a lot of amazing people through Dead by Daylight. So you stream on Twitch, right? Stream on Twitch, play mostly dvd you've been branching out to some other games i've been branching out a fair bit i recently finished a playthrough of pokemon brilliant diamond oh very nice i'm playing through that at the moment phenomenal game because yeah the original I'm pokemon going through very slowly <laughs> the original pokemon diamond was the very first pokemon game i touched oh wow okay. so as soon so as i saw that was coming out i'm like i'm getting that game yeah i'm playing through that game but I've been branching out a bit. I love like the social deduction games, like your oh, like Town of Salem and stuff like that. I think you've been playing that, haven't you? Yeah, I've played a lot of that as well. But like recently, been with a few friends playing First Class Trouble, which is another one of those kind of oh, games. Okay, like Deceit style. If you've ever seen much of that, I did hear um, a little while back. I heard some good things about First Class Trouble. I think when it first was kind of on the scene, it was like a a little bit of a twitch blow up kind of kind of like the games do like among us and stuff like that like that game kind of blew up a little bit but then um dropped back down so uh, it's good to see that you're still like people are still out there playing it though yeah I, I love it it's especially if you've got a really good crew that bounce off each other really well yeah don't take it too serious but still play it like you know still do everything correct like you know you still do everything play play the game correctly but just have fun with it yeah like you've got a bit of memes on the side like just like me just being petty like oh you, you killed me that one game i'm just gonna kill you this round regardless and just stuff like that it's just like penguin will remember this just like a telltale a telltale game or something like that i have um, a long memory and you're screwed <laughs> um so when did you kind of like i guess if you remember when you started streaming uh and like kind of why what what made you get into it it was around june 2018 which was okay. more of a case like I was playing the game all the time, interacting with other people um, on yep. Twitch, and they're like, "Why don't you give streaming a go?" And at this stage, it was pre-MBN, and oh, the, yep. the computer the computer I was <laughs> using 
you know one of those tiny little portable ones yeah yep, i was yep, yep. i can't remember the name of them but i was using one of those and like for context it's about two-thirds the size of my xbox like it's tiny and i tried streaming on that which was incredibly blurry low fps <laughs> with the internet speed at the time like 0.7 upload oh my that makes me want to cry. I think I actually am crying. <laughs> actually, oh, that's so sad. So I did stream for a little bit, and then I took a big break just because I just wasn't able to do a lot with it naturally. Yeah, I think that's the crutch of most Australians that get forced. The only thing I really could do with it is I had a capture card, so I was able to okay. like I did play through of like the Halo games because I could yep. stream play that on the Xbox and stream it through the computer, and that way it's only running OBS and uploading it, which the bit rate was still appalling because of the upload speed, but the actual frame rate was fine. Yeah, that would be way better. Yeah. Probably October-ish 2019, around then, I started taking it more seriously because, like, internet okay, cool. got better. I had a better PC to do it off. Um, And then I've been doing a lot more the last two years because I haven't been able to do a lot else just with the whole pandemic. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I found you, um, somewhat, or we found each other somewhat last year through through last year, like maybe after first half of the year or something. Just through, I believe, I think it was just through the game that we probably through the game, and then like raid or because like that maybe um, I feel like a lot of people don't understand this unless you're part of it, but of how small OCE is everyone yeah, generally knows each other so yeah. like we probably only really met each other like through the game like whenever we did but it's something when you go back and think about it oh we've seen each other in xyz's chat all the time blah 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 mm -hmm. yeah for sure actually yeah um i was thinking about this recently and it's so cra it's so crazy how you've never there's certain people that i've just never run into yeah. Throughout my whole time. Yeah. Like there, there's someone that I've recently become friends with and I was like, oh, how long have you been playing TBD for? And they're like, oh, two years. And I'm like, oh, you've been playing on OCE servers for two years. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm, I have never run into you as killer or survivor. It's it's funny you like, say that. It's so of, weird. Because I recently, the job I recently started is just a Christmas casual thing. And talking to one of the girls that works there just through conversation it turns out she's big into dead by daylight oh, so we're yes. chatting about that and she said she has something like four thousand hours or something like that and i'm like yeah yeah like what's your username because i've never run like we might have run into yeah, each other surely <laughs> in that much time we have and she said like the username she goes under and she's one of those ones she uses like a lot of different aliases like she yeah for sure yep i'm like I don't even remember. I don't know if we've actually run into each other before, which is just nuts. Yeah, it's especially people that stream though. It's so wild. Like there was, I think it's. I mean, I'll I'll say who it was. Jackson Games. Like I've recently discovered his stream. Recent, you know, and he, I really enjoy hanging out with him. And he he's been playing the game for for like a decent amount of time. And we we literally stream at the same time. Uh, and play the game at the same time and just we just never run into each other but i guess i do play in a lot of like uh like full teams so i don't really get the opportunity i don't play as much killer so i didn't really get the chance to kind of i guess maybe see people more 
than I would if I was playing solo. Because, yeah, a lot of it as well, like, I've pretty much the majority of the time I've always been a killer main, although as of late with all MMR and just the way the game is at the moment, kill is a bit of a struggle. Just push you to survive more, has it? Yeah. And, like, outside of streaming or, like, the occasional YouTube thing here and there, I might jump, like, if a friend's streaming and I might jump in for a few games, but aside from that, I don't often play the game just for like my own leisure yeah that happened to me too that's probably just the burnout for playing it mostly non-stop for five years <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's definitely an hours thing but it's also just the state of game thing too i think because even i even i started uh playing less than i as soon as i hit about three thousand hours i started playing less than than i than i do now i i think i have like 40 hours in the last two weeks whereas when i was at the peak of my play i'd have like 120 hours in oh yeah i was i'll be the exact same playing. it's it's in a weird spot for sure um so was was dbd the game was that the game like that was the game you started on like people were like you should be straight like you should give it a go um i guess is that your the genre of stuff that you play is it mainly like do you want to just like stick to you you told us about some other games but like is a horror game a horror game is your thing like are you into horror or i mean dvd horror game yeah I yeah know, like, i know what you mean like, by that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a lot of it like there's definitely the style of games like i said before like your social deduction games i love those so much because of yep. like the amount of to an extent like strategies you can bring into that just being a bit of a prick at times, just <laughs> lying to people. It's like, I enjoy that. And it like, if you pull off some like really like 200 IQ play, yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. And your community can get involved and it's a cool, like, you know, people, it's a cool thing for people to all get behind. Not so much the last lobby we played, but there was one of first class trouble we did. It was, all six of us that were playing were all streaming our perspectives at the time. Oh, wow. That so was like, incredible. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, well, I ended up making one of just, it was a really stupid game, but like merging everyone's perspectives together. And even like from a viewer standpoint of like of the streams, you can actually go and watch different people's perspectives on events that are happening. And that kind yeah, of interaction, yeah. it's a lot of fun to do, but also yeah. from like a viewer standpoint. I think it's a really good um, interaction, being able to see different perspectives. And it also, if there's people in that group you're playing with that people aren't a, um, haven't really heard of before or you streamed or whatever, it opens yeah, up yeah. new audience for them. Exactly, yeah. Like if you're, if you're saying something and then someone's like, I don't think that's true, they go and like look at your perspective and then end up watching you or they, you know, someone else and they end up enjoying it so that's really cool and the but in terms of like i probably want to stick more to the variety kind of thing as well because i just don't like the idea of like pigeonholing myself into one specific game or category like i think this is yeah, a that's fair enough i think this is a general thing that happens with a lot of dead by daylight um streamers regardless of if they're someone that gets 10 viewers 100 viewers or a couple thousand if you're known for DVD and that's predominantly what you stream and then you go and stream another game, your numbers drop off massively. 
because there's a lot of people that are there for that game and it doesn't matter if that's dbd league whatever you're going to get those people that are just there for that one game but at least like if you grow along that variety path the people are there for you and it doesn't really matter too much what you're playing definitely variety is definitely the hardest thing to grow on on switch for sure because you never you can be consistent but you're never consistent in the what you're playing like obviously what you're playing and what you're producing but you're consistent in yourself so that's the thing as you said people get invested in you not exactly the game and i think part of it for me as well was dbd was definitely getting to a stage that i was getting almost like miserable playing just through yeah. a lot yeah. of the things going on whether it be like game mechanics various people in the community whatever i was yeah. just getting sick of it but i felt like at that stage i'm like I feel like I'm in a position where I can't stream anything else or I'm just not going to have those viewers. And eventually I made the decision. I'm like, I'm still going to play DVD, but I want to play other stuff as well. And like initially, like numbers wise did take a big hit, which is to be expected. But then I've been doing a lot more of what I want to play. Like admittedly, as of late, it has been a fair bit of DVD, but that's because it times in like depending on the headspace at the time like i feel like i can go for dvd for a few hours but let's do dvd but yeah depends on who you play with as well depending on you know as i said as you said your mood that kind of thing so and it depends on the games like they can be really fun even if you're playing solo or they can be really terrible i've been doing lately is more so because I'm not a big fan of the current meta in Dead by Daylight, which I don't think a lot of people are, at least from people I've talked to about the way the meta is, but I've been just trying to do like a lot of wacky off meta builds or trying to get various perks to work. Like since Artist came out, I've been trying on a few different killers to get five stacks of Pentimento. That's like yeah, me and yeah, my big dream. thing is just trying dream. to get that working. So like, Growing a lot of games pretty much to try and get it working. But it's like trying to do stuff like that, like get that working. Or um like people are having fun with the like bite the bullet self-care and was it overcome Jonah's perk? Where like yep. you just get hit, run off, heal. Like just wacky builds like that. Yeah, I think the I think honestly, like Dead by Dale itself and the meta and the builds and stuff is definitely a problem but i actually think that people are just bored of the game itself because the biggest complaint i hear is oh they just went into the game and they just did generators and for me it, that's it's the whole that's the point of the game like the point of the game is to do the generators and escape the point of the game is for the killer to kill you like but people are now getting to a point where they're like well if you didn't meme around for x amount of time during the game and if you didn't go for this many flashlight saves and if you didn't you know try and run the killer and use a pallet to its absolute the biggest greed you can if max value then you're not playing the game right and it's boring so i think that's the main problem is people are just bored the game's been out for five years like i'm not bored of it but i don't love it as much well i love it as much as i used to but i just don't play it as much as i used to but yeah like how people are getting bored of it because in five years there's been little to no big change-ups in game mechanics exactly and i think people are scared to say that they're bored of it because they're worried that 
if they say they're bored of it, people are just going to jump on them and be like, but you still play it? Like, you're, you're bored of it, but you still play it. But it, the, the game, like, imagine if you play Call of Duty and, yes, the game mechanics are still the same, but you have the option to use a sniper rifle, a rocket launcher, a different gun every time you load in. Uh, you have a battle royale game where you choose to drop a different spot or you choose to go, I'm only going to use pistols or I'm only going to drop in with a knife and, you know, that kind of thing. So you've got different variations and you've got different game modes as well. Whereas DBD is just... One game mode. These are the generators and this is the killer. And it's been that for five years. So I think people are, you know, there's a reason that people are doing experiments and challenges and hardcore survivor series and this kind of, you know, these kind of things because they're creating their own game mode within the game, which is really cool. But again, the you break it down and at the end of it, it's just, you know, the game is just a 4v1 escape or don't escape. And I think people are just starting to get a little bit bored of it. That's all. I completely agree because it's just very repetitive. And, and it's the nature of the game. Like, <laughs> it's always going to be that. And it's also a case of if you don't play efficiently, just trying to figure out the best way to word it. If you don't play efficiently, then you're pretty much going to be like, to an extent, like throwing the game. Like if you're going around going for flashlight saves, you're not doing generators. So if you've got like, particularly say you've got two duos and you've got yeah, two yeah. duos that just want to play efficiently, do the gents and leave. And you've got the other duo just wants to do flashlight saves and just like get chased and all that. Both of them are going to get annoyed at the other because they're not playing the way they wanted to play. Exactly, exactly. Like, that's part of the issue as well. And then the, the thing about that is, right, then even the killer at that point isn't having fun because the killer is just constantly being chased by flashlights and, like, they're like, the survivors just aren't doing generate. Because most of the time, if you've got two duos chasing you around, trying to go for flashies and everything, they're probably, and you're, like, struggling, then you're... The killer's probably not going to have much fun in that game because they just want the generators to be completed so they can move on to the next game. That's when a lot of DCs happen because they're just like, these people are obviously better than me. They're just toying with me at this point. And then on the flip side, the survivors are absolutely loving that game because they're like, oh, this is so fun. And I'm not saying that I'm not someone that's done that before. I'm, I've definitely toyed with a killer that I know I'm better than and just run around and, you know, had them chase me a whole game or baited them into stuff you know but it's not malicious yeah and likewise there's going to be those killers like i know one of the builds i've been using on trapper a bit lately and i think it was something Otz might have said in a video ages ago i saw and it's 100 percent true if yep. a trapper traps a totem survivors will always cleanse that totem so yeah, i go yeah. and trap haunted grounds and like toying with survivors like that or like self-resetting traps i love as well like, there's a clip I've got somewhere of, I knew I had resetting traps, so I trapped both sides of the shack window, and then Nia's run over to it, disarmed the outside trap, vaulted the window into a second trap. <laughs> so it's like toying survivors like that, like, that's fun, being able to do stuff like that. Likewise, if you're a survivor and you've got a killer that, like, isn't a complete baby, but is still not the greatest killer... And you can sort of loop them around a bit and do stuff like that. You're having fun, but then not necessarily the other, the opposing side's going to be having that same enjoyment. Yeah, it, it's something that I've talked about on the podcast, like at length. So like, I won't, we won't talk about it too much because 
like it's just it, it it always gets brought up though and it's always good to talk about but it is just it's the fact that it, no no one's gonna be happy all the time because it's a 4v1 so it is a game where you're against another person like you're against another side so if each side has their own objectives to win like yep, killers exactly. have to kill survivors have to do generators it's not like say like a csgo or something along those lines where you got like one team planting the bomb one team trying to defend and disarm the bomb like even though that each team still have their own distinct um objectives game mechanic wise they've both got like the same access to weapons stuff like that so you still got that kind of symmetry even though they've got different um objectives but then you got like dead by daylight and you got all survivors with a flashlight versus a lady throwing axes at you yeah exactly very it's very 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 different so i mean i guess we can just continue like we're already talking about heaps of dvd stuff so um we can just continue talking there's a whole bunch of stuff about um because i haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks and there's a whole bunch of information that dropped uh recently right at the start of the year develop update ptb whole bunch of stuff um the first thing i wanted to talk about is um is a tough topic to talk about because i don't have any personal experience with this kind of i can't have any personal experience with this kind of stuff um but if everyone if if you are new to dvd or you don't know um basically uh leatherface or bubba has masks in the game right now where if you sacrifice 25 of the original survivors uh you actually gain access to their face so you can equip their face as a i guess a, a headpiece and then you know you can go around um essentially you don't look anything like the character but you ha you take on their skin color or um their characteristics of their face so the reason we bring this up is because uh recently uh it's been brought to light that the masks were people were equipping these masks and basically um using these to um harass uh in both you know harass and target people namely people of color in a in a, in a a racist way um basically taking taking their whatever views or aggressions they have out specifically um on creators that were people of color or that are people of color and kind of you know going that one step further from just having a, a cosmetic in a game and then using that to like you know just really really take it way too far uh, in terms of their actions so behavior has decided at long last to um, remove the cosmetic and um, while obviously this isn't going to remove racism or any kind of horrible actions that people do in game towards creators things like that it's it's a positive step because it's going to take away at least one part of the ammunition um for them so now that i guess i just wanted to give it a brief overview of what actually had happened there um i'm not going to put it to you penguin i'm not going to say i'm not going to put it to you and say do you agree or do you not agree but i will ask your thoughts i guess on um on what you kind of think before i say anything about the whole like situation i do think removing them is the right decision and everything like that yeah well i agree i, I want to make that clear yeah. but the yeah. thing that 
probably annoys me the most is that there was a need to like that people yeah. were that terrible to use this as a tool for racism that they need to get rid of it like like i said the right decision is to remove them to disable that tool to promote racism i guess that's a term for it but on the same token it just is really depressing that there was a need to have to take that action yeah it's a really really tough it's it's such a crappy shit situation to be in basically where um not not for the game not for you know for those people that have been targeted oh 100 for an example if if people don't know essentially um there would be a creator who um is person of color and they would be playing the game and the person would know that that's the creator they would equip the claudette uh mask from on the cannibal or baba um which obviously is of a darker color um because Claudette's a person of color so uh they would equip that and then they would target that one person that one character no matter who they were playing and then they would basically sit on the hook and just chainsaw them or just basically essentially focus all their energy on that one survivor and then in the end game in the end game chat they would you know about some pretty horrible stuff and then you know it is just basically an extension of harassment that they that people already that people already kind of receive when they're streaming and, and making content online um but it was just you know so racially charged just because of this skin was like i guess giving them a a like a tool like you said to to kind of perpetuate what they were trying to do it just really saddens me that there's people that would stoop to that level to try and harass someone and i just can't can't even like contemplate or even think of any slight like reason why someone would want to do that to someone else yeah there's people these people are just wired differently it seems like that's and like the other really sad part about it is because they're targeting mainly streamers because they're the ones that are live and if they go and target a person of color that person has made their streamers like their own safe community to interact with like community members that like they all love and adore one another making a really safe space and then you get someone like that coming in trying to disrupt that and it's like why do you feel the need to ruin people's safe spaces yeah and as as we've both said like we can't speak to it uh, personally i have noticed that since this has been brought up uh whenever i do see the um the leatherface skin in game now i automatically get a like kind of like get a sick feeling in my stomach um thinking like oh who, who what kind of person am i going up against right now uh not not that it's like i don't know if it's to say that it's wrong to have a have the cosmetic and a person wearing it but it just brings a negative connotation now with the cosmetic every time i see it because i'm like well you're like yeah exactly this could like, be something that's going to happen yeah it has, it has this person just come off a game where they've done that and now they're playing against me and then i go into the you know the end game chat and i'm like gg like good game you know that was fun and then i'm you know you don't you don't know who you're in bed with at that point so and one of the 
the unfortunate things is even the artists who created the masks initially uh who did the stuff at behavior um has also you know obviously agreed and said these things um that they should be removed and you know that's that, that's someone's job they've created that they've put their time and, and effort into and they are willing to say it. like i made this i'm proud of what i've done but it's not being used in the intention i ever set out for it to be used in so i have no issues with it being removed yeah and the reason i bring that up is because um unfortunately there is a uh, a flip side to this where not everyone is in agreement of and takes like a the this positive side of um of actually looking and, and trying to educate themselves or um become aware of it so that's initially when like i'll be honest when i when it first happened initially i was just like it's a you know it is um the mask that's in the game and um you know i, I was more leaning towards that it's just it is just a cosmetic but straight away like i educated myself more on it paid more attention to what people were saying and it, it definitely obviously realized that no this is way more than just being the way more than just a cosmetic that type of thing i think part of it as well is just getting back to what we said earlier with like the oce community being so small if anyone in general was being racial or whatever everyone would know very quickly because everyone to an extent knows one another and i think because it's the community is also so small we really didn't have any um situations where we were even aware this was a thing and so that's like i was along the same lines when i saw this like they were saying they were going to remove the mask because it's been used as a racial tool i'm like is it though like i haven't even seen any of that and so i thought it was a bit of a at first it was a um bit of a severe reaction to something but then when i actually looked into it i realized how much this was actually happening it's just because i was unaware it was happening in the first place so when i suddenly say oh yeah we're removing it because of um people using it in a racial manner i'm like yeah i haven't seen anyone do that so i'm like is it really that big like not saying it isn't a big deal but no, is, but it is, really, is it really really out there is, is it used is saying? it being used like, as much exactly as they're happening. suggesting and then that's when like yeah. reading into it i'm like okay never mind this is actually happening a lot more than what i first realized and the thing the thing that disturbs me and the reason i brought up the thing about the artist is because the reactions from the community are so wild like there are people out there that have had the same thought as us initially but then we've actually as i said ed- educated ourselves and and looked into it and gone okay yes actually this is something that needs to be removed this isn't great this isn't good for the game this isn't good for the health of the community but there are people that will that are still out there to this day that are saying uh you know no you know it it should still be in the game it's just this it's just that and they just completely uh they're either pretend being ignorant and just you know ignorance is bliss and not wanting to try and educate themselves or they just don't they don't care and they think that um you know if it's not affecting them then it should stay in the game and i think that that's just you know as soon as i found out that this is affecting people in a major way yeah oh for sure but you know what i mean like it's just it's one of those things where 
you don't realize because we um you know because of where we are in life and who, who we are in life we don't realize that we don't we have not been fighting against things our whole entire life and we don't realize we don't realize these these smaller things that seem small are actually major major things that that affect people so um i mean i just wanted to talk about that a little bit um because um you know we both obviously agree they should be removed it is a hard thing to talk about so if there is anyone listening um that is a person of color and they do want to like reach out um you can always tweet it tweet or email um the the podcast to talk about it or let me know i have we have tried to talk about it in a very respectful and um i i don't want to say that we're you know trying to dodge around things we just don't, we basically in for my honest i don't i don't want to say the wrong thing because i don't want to offend um i don't want to offend people uh when i'm if i'm using the you know in- incorrect terms or things like that so i've said it in the best way that i think is possible and um yeah i i just agree that and it's as you said it, i agree with what you said it's sad this has to be done but it is necessary um and it, it is happening, so get stuff to the people that don't want it to happen. Um, the last thing I guess I'll say on it is there's a shard. You get there's a iridescent shard reward, I believe, uh, for anyone anyone that's played Leatherface in the time that the masks have been out. I don't even think you would need to unlock the masks to get the shard reward. I believe it's you just have to have played. I think just one game yeah, of Leatherface. So, I mean, which that being it's that, yeah. what six thousand shards is it? It's, I think it's 6,000 or 9,000 or something, but I don't, that to me, that doesn't, like, you, that's putting a, a price on, it's putting an in-game currency price on, it, it's a weird, it's a it's a slippery slope to go into, because I feel like that's putting a price on, you know, people's feelings and being like, well, you, you may not agree with us, but here's 9,000 shards, because that's what it's worth, you know, kind of thing, so I don't know, it's... It's, I think they should have just taken them away. I don't think there was a need to give people a reward. I, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but then there's also the argument of, like, because it's, what, 25 kills on each survivor to unlock it. It's sort of, like, rewarding the people that grinded out getting those. Because, like, I don't think I've even got them all. I, I haven't got I don't think I've got any of them, but... If it was something like if you had unlocked them, you get the shard reward, but there's a compensation of actually getting them. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I guess because they're not all. They're not. It's not in. You know, it's inherently. It's just a. It. It. It's, it was just a cosmetic until people were were using it in this way. So, um, or it was brought to light that this was the the way it was used. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there is a an argument for a reward, but I I certainly don't care about. It. I mean, it'll go onto my account, but it'll I'll go onto my accounts and I'll put it towards the next DLC. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be you know getting upset if it wasn't there but yeah um that was just a, a little bit to talk about on top of that because it is a big issue it, you know there was huge huge talks with um creators um of all all, all creators talking and and educating and, and helping people understand um articles written on it everything it was a big thing that happens um quite recently in the last couple of months so it's definitely worth talking about so that you know if because there might be people out there that that don't even know that this stuff goes on so if they listen to the podcast then at least that you know they might 
it might help someone realize because they might one day they will not read the patch notes they don't read the develop updates and then they'll go to play bubba and they won't have their favorite mask that they normally wear for whatever reason that they have people that haven't played in six months they come back like oh where's my jake mask used to always wear exactly it's something that needs to be talked about so um we'll move on from um from that though um another i guess topic and something to do with um it'll lead us into a little bit of mmr talk as well um so i guess this is off the back of there was two developer there was a developer update in two parts that came out uh, right at the start of the year 2022 starting off with the bangs and big things coming out of behavior and talking about their matchmaking and their mmr so um basically we will uh I'll just tell you that like Otstava has done an experiment um, because lately a lot of killers uh, that play, you know, killer mains and people that play killer have been struggling, um, maybe not to win, but struggling to have fun and, uh, you know, kind of getting beaten by survivors very regularly or having to play in a way that they don't think is maybe fun or exciting um you know slugging and camping and tunneling survivors just to even have a chance in the game so uh he wanted to do an experiment i believe to just see uh exactly exactly what he could do with no perks and uh being afk for the first um 30 seconds of uh of the game so i guess we can talk a little bit about um the matchmaking stuff that was in the developer update first uh, which is pretty exciting, like, which is exciting that they've actually mentioned some stuff and that they are talking about it. Um, so I'll just give a little rundown. So they've been working on uh, skill-based matchmaking and they've been monitoring it as they said that they would. Uh, and then they're saying they want to be as transparent as possible. Uh, so, you know, the game is changing, the matchmaking is changing. Uh, they're always making changes behind the scenes. Uh, one thing they've done recently is that they received a whole new influx of players, so they cha- they changed the default MMR rating uh, because people were getting matched incorrectly. So uh, this is stuff that they do on the fly, uh, and then they've identified a couple areas, um, a couple of big areas. So I'll uh, I'll talk about the first one, and then if you want, if you've got the page open, you want to talk about um, the second one, and then we'll just go. There's four, so we'll just go one and two, one and two um so the first one is um so backfill improvements so um unfortunately if someone leaves a lobby the matchmaker tries to find a replacement so that's what they call backfill so right now when someone drops out it tries to find a quick replacement because it doesn't want you sitting there in a lobby for a while uh so this can lead to a detriment like you know it'd be a detriment to quality the quality of survivor that you're going to get on your team so you could be getting a lower if you're a high MMR player, you could be getting a low MMR player and then that can obviously swing things because the killer is staying the same and not changing. Um, so it basically, you can be outside of your skill range, whether it's high or low. So Which I think um, I've noticed more. myself. Yeah, definitely. I never even thought of this either, of when someone drops out and then someone drops in. I always just thought, yep, here's another person that's in my you know, MMR or that's a part of my thing. I didn't even... Th- like cross my mind to think wait this person might just be a quick replacement uh and not you know not of the same um 
skill range or whatever however they say it so uh, they're going to work towards a balance between quality and wait times so for us uh, penguin in oce uh you i don't know if you've how much survivor you play at night but uh, this it is both a good slow. thing and a bad thing that scares yeah. me what would you say about five minutes minimum a lot minimum of the time about between what, eight o'clock onwards nine, 9 p.m yeah, yeah. Eight, nine nine p.m till about 1 2 a.m which like killers you get very quick lobbies at that time it takes about 10 seconds like q time's already slow enough as it is so like they're just gonna get a little bit slower it, it does it, yeah it does scare me as i said it, it's a good thing for balance but wait time is gonna be hard one kind of thought to have with it if we just for a blank like a blanket let's say it takes five minutes to find a survivor game in those hours yep and if you end up having to wait an extra say two minutes to find a survivor a that's a survivor. yeah more suitable survivor that makes the game last say an extra five minutes would that be a good trade-off or would you rather get a game quicker that goes shorter yeah so i guess that's really the trade-off well, de definitely and it's definitely a good it, it's definitely good that they're trying to make it more balanced but it's unfortunately i think a lot of people will just switch off if they have to you know i've i think the longest i've waited recently was about between 10 to 15 minutes waiting for a queue and um yeah the issue with that most games last five to ten minutes yeah exactly and because games are going so quickly as you said you can be in queue longer you you can be in the queue longer than your game lasts and especially if as a survivor game. you get a killer that basically just tunnels you off straight away it's like cool that game for me lasted three minutes and i waited 10 minutes for it i think i actually had a session of dbd a couple of nights ago maybe last week where i actually spent i think i played for three or four hours i spent more time in the lobby than i did in actual games yeah i wasn't on discord talking to people that i would have you know i would have been watching twitch youtube videos or something but it's still crazy that imagine if i didn't have that stuff i would have just been sitting there <laughs> and i feel like the long queue times as it is from like a straight like if you're streaming trying to find lobbies that can be quite annoying because like you've got you're not providing any content at the moment aside from like your own interactions with chat yeah whereas exactly. like if you're, if you're if you're not streaming or even like i don't know like if i'm doing some youtube stuff and i'm just waiting between games I'll just open up YouTube or Twitch and just wait until I get into a lobby. Yeah, for sure. Multitask like that. But if you're actually streaming, it can be quite hard to keep it going, which is where a lot of people turn towards like your stream raiders, your um, words with friends, stuff along those lines to sort of fill in the gap. Even even last night, I was writing up the brief for this podcast episode and I pressed, I pressed QR, like I pressed ready for a survivor game and like 10 minutes later i heard the loading in noise and i was like oh i, I queued up i forgot like <laughs> i i'd forgotten that i'd even press ready up i feel like regardless of what they do with backfill especially with mmr being a thing and even like matchmaking in general yeah there's always going to be the issue of just oc being a small community and oh, there's sure. nothing always, behavior yeah. anyone can do to fix that unless there's a huge influx in players which pretty unrealistic yeah, maybe maybe one can dream i did see a funny comment the other day someone said i really wish 
behavior would uh would change the the ping to make it better when someone from uh like america joins in someone from australia and i was just like you do not know how the internet works my friend <laughs> okay i'll just put that fiber under the pacific ocean yeah let's just yeah hook up some uh ocean fiber yeah uh, did you want to talk about the next one i guess yeah so yeah disconnection handling so looks like the skill-based matchmaking system doesn't handle the disconnects as well as it could and they're looking into adjustments to handle them better and make sure the disconnects are treated fairly when altering someone's rating i don't even know how disconnects currently handle like how they alter someone's skill-based matchmaking yeah, I think this is literally just like a, it's it is what it is. It's whatever. It's good. It's good that it's going to affect the rating. So that, but the thing is, it's not good that it affects the rating because if people just DC all the time, then they're just going to be put into lower, lower rating, and then just play against killers that aren't as good. There's a whole thing about like deranking and everything like that. But I think one part of the disconnection handling that needs to be addressed is say like game crashing like you know like loading in someone game crashes and then yeah, like some that, people are getting yeah. penalized and losing mmr because their game crashed in the loading screen yeah i think even if you just even if we even if you take the mmr side of it if um if behavior just had a system that which is we've probably been asking this for so long if they just had a system that could tell the difference between a, a genuine game crash and a leaving of the match uh then or an alt f4 and it didn't give you that matchmaking penalty uh it would be fantastic because i can't tell you the amount of times my computer's blue screened or i've crashed or something's happened and it's the game's force closed and then i've been penalized for existing on the game uh because something's happened to the game you know whether it's a crash or something and i understand it's probably not that easy to the track because there's always a way that people are going to circumvent it and get around it but what's the difference between a game crash and someone just task managing out of a game or something along yeah, those lines exactly i feel like they on the on the back end like in the logs they do have there would be a difference but i don't know if it's they, they probably don't think it's worth i think the other one i've been seeing happen a lot lately to other people and even have myself a few times is just disconnecting from a like disconnecting from a match like you just lose connection but like yep. i'll be streaming or whatever and i'm like my stream's fine i haven't lost any frames yeah, or anything yeah, like that I'm still online. <laughs> i've just disconnected from the server and your mmr gets penalized for that and half the time you get the dc penalty it's like i've been penalized because i lost connection to your servers but everything else is fine but exactly um they are working on extended breaks so just like overwatch is the one that comes to mind i believe that your your mmr your, your sr your skill rating uh it decreases if you uh don't play so um if you get to a certain point and then you stop playing the next time you go on you'll you'll most likely have dropped some um sr rating and you potentially could be in a lower bracket um of playing they're looking to do the same thing with dbd so they understand that when you leave the game and then you come back for a while you're probably going to be a little bit rusty as they say so they're going to basically adjust your uh, they're hoping to adjust the rating so it'll just naturally decay i think that makes sense 
Like, I don't see an issue with that. I think it's okay. Um, I just think people with 5,000 hours, if they don't play for six months and then they come back, uh, they're going to absolutely destroy people if, they, if their rating decays because you don't get that rusty. How much you decay? <laughs> it does depend how much you decay. And, so. like, say, I think there'd be a bit of a difference between, say, like a trapper and a nurse. Like, if you didn't play for six months or so. Yeah. Um, but... I guess it work, it'll work the same way, like the old matchmaking where you're at the, on the 13th, you would reset to the top tier of the lower color, like with your skill, like your rank. So like if you're red rank, you'd go to like rank five, the top one at purple. If you're yeah. in purple, you go to rank nine, whatever. It would just work the same way as that, where if you just don't play for a while, you just keep going lower and lower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people barely want MMR in the game anyway, as it is. So I don't think they care about um, <laughs> the decaying of the uh, of the extended breaks. So, um, I mean, the last one they have is the general improvement. Yeah, so. which reading through it, it just a lot of it just looks like um, like whenever wherever you're based, it'll just try and connect you to the best server that's the closest. So. For most people in OCE, that'd be, I think it's Sydney it's based in? Yeah, it's Sydney, and then if you're in Western Australia, you get pinged to the Singapore. Um, yeah, so like, yeah. Southeast Asia servers. As so. well as Australia, and even I think like if you're, I think some people that are like top in Queensland also get pinged to some of the um, Southeast Asia servers as well. So this is actually going to change potentially matchmaking for OCE so basically right now the way it works is if you're right between two servers it'll only match you with one set of players on the server um, if you like have a good connection but for players that have a good connection to more than one server they'd like to open up matchmaking and allow them to find matches with um, either sets of players so basically you could find people on the proper OCE servers or you could find them on the Singapore servers or you know so basically, I mean, it's a difference between me. If I go on the OCE, I get 30, 36, 32 ping. Um, if I go on, if I get connected to the Southeast Asia servers, I get 80 to 100 ping. So uh, I back out of most of those lobbies when that does happen. Uh, if this was happening more regularly, and it, it does say this can help balance out queue times at off-peak hours, uh, and improve the quality of matches if this means that maybe my games are going to load faster and i have to play on i have to play the odd game on a 100 ping 80 ping i i might <laughs> be yeah i think it's just giving you the um choice of you can either wait longer to get a better quality game in terms of like your ping or you can get more frequent games it just might be a bit more of a ping difference which yeah, I think that's just yeah, the yeah. trade-up you just want to do. It's like a lot of games, like, I don't know if you've really played, like, Paladins much, but I know Paladins and a lot of those games, you can pick which server you connect to. So it's yeah, like... Yeah, I played, I played um, a bit of Paladins back yeah. in the day. And, but like yeah, a lot of those games, you can pick your server, so it's like, okay, if I'm playing at, like, 1.30 in the morning, there's not going to be much in, like, on Australian servers. So we might queue on like Southeast Asia and I think instead of a well, bit... it's like Hunt Showdown, you do the same Hunt, thing. Yep, Hunt, Hunt that's the other one I was uh, thinking most, of. Most people play, at, in, at night time, most people in Australia or OCE region, they play on the US servers. Yeah, because it's at least 
the hyping, but it's the you're getting games. You're getting games that actually have people in them. So I don't know. It'll be good to to have maybe quicker games, but it's like you can either have better ping or quicker queue times. All I took away from this MMR stuff was that they're looking at MMR, which is good. Yes. It means that they've not they're not just implementing it and then running away from it, which they said they were going to look at it. So um, it is good that they're doing that. Um, I guess back to now that we've talked about that, back to the the OTS experiment or Starva experiment. Uh, so OTS, we can both agree OTS Starva plays it would play at a pretty high MMR. Uh, very yes, very good killer, uh, and he would go against very good survivors. Uh, so what he did was he ran through all the killers from start to finish. So uh, starting with you know the first killer all the way down to the, the latest killer the artist released. Uh, I believe he said that he played it as nasty. He phrased it nasty, but as nasty as was needed. So he wasn't shying away from need, the need to slug or camp or tunnel a survivor, I believe. Is that what... I haven't watched the, like, was it three and a half hour body put up? Yeah, it was but a I would, video. But I would guess it would be along those lines is just not playing the quote-unquote fairly. Yeah, I think he he was just, like, focusing on seeing how how good he could do with you know going for you know the best the best results that he could um do so the rules of the challenge were to play every killer with no perks no add-ons and no offerings only blood point offerings uh you have to stay still for the first 30 seconds of the match um you discard games with cheaters and crashes uh if someone dc's rage quit it's a kill uh, he's, there is a note that says, um, you know, this is the result. These are all the first-time results, and um, people escape through hatch, which is considered a tie. So their win rates are pretty crazy. Um, so basically, I'll we'll give. You, I guess we can talk about the um, the results that he had. So um, I believe so with um, Ots Darva's attempt. It doesn't actually have his attempt. Not on his uh, tweet. In his his video, I think it was around about three. I think it was just over three. Yeah. So on average, let's let's just say it was it was close to three, if not a little bit over three kills per game. Um, you know, Otstar is considered one of the best players in the game. Uh, we've got a um a professional like a a comp competitive dbd player uh named nightlight they averaged 3.25 kills uh but they didn't wait the 30 seconds uh i can imagine that their kills the way that they kill and play the game the 30 seconds probably wouldn't have too much impact on their um one even still 3.25 kills on average playing every killer without perks or add-ons is still pretty impressive in itself Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, you've got some other people that Osiris friends with Leonek and Hens. Um, and then they averaged 2.58, 2.19. So it's still, still just over two kills per game. Um, the lowest that we actually saw was um, from the man himself. Um, honestly, person that I quite enjoy. Uh, true, ta- true talent. Um, I... He he is he's he's one of my favorite content creators of DVD still. Um, I enjoy his like just 
he just you know talks about things in a different way compared to other people maybe it rubs wrong rubs people the wrong way but um, i still think it's valid and i, I enjoy like and i and i feel things. like anyone's opinion especially someone like him who's very strong about his opinions is always going to rub people the wrong way regardless on what it is yeah exactly um and the surprising one if you know true talent and you know that he's uh he's pretty decent at the game he's played you know got a lot of hours i think seven and a half thousand or something's you know played the game for a while uh he only averaged 1.23 kills on uh you know on average for his test when he did the test um this was something however where i believe he chose to not tunnel and amp and slug he chose to play the more fair route yep um and the more like 12 hook strategy yeah and he paid for it you know you can see that he would he only averages just over one kill um per game so um what does this all mean we're just giving you a whole bunch of information right now and you're probably like what are you like why why are you giving us all this information what does this even mean uh so this is Otstava's thoughts so i'm we're just i'm just gonna read these we're just gonna read these out um obviously we haven't well you've done the challenge actually so we can talk about your results as well or a similar challenge i did a similar experiment that was mmr base well we can talk about the results from this and then uh like we can see kind of what you've done so basically what said the survivors can have a huge uh objective advantage and still lose if they make big enough mistakes at almost any point of the match especially without the second chance perks so no ds and things like that um sometimes a single weaker survivor can get the rest killed if a weaker survivor goes on hook right at the start of the game the stronger survivors end up hook trading and then the weaker survivor isn't able to run the killer or do anything in the game and then you know that can flip the game uh he says killers are massively rewarded for playing scummy uh so you can often shortcut a win by tunneling someone out very early um, or even trying to slug all the remaining survivors if it allows it uh the mmr system only cares about kill count not how you get them um the results showed that even with a massive handicap killers can almost always secure one kill uh, by hooking away from the gates handling hook trades well and then using your powers like bubba if you've got a chainsaw or billy if you've got an insta chainsaw or something uh you can make it nearly impossible for all for, for all four people to get out uh so uh this means that survivors messing up equals four kills unless the killer doesn't slug um but killers doing really bad is one kill so unless you really mess up so in the experiment there was very few zero k's that happened to ots so basically all the people that attempted this challenge ranged from five thousand to nine thousand hours uh and he just basically wanted to talk about um the fact that these people could still average one kill per game uh, but they would consider the way that they had to play uh to get these kills so is this good for the game essentially if with with killers needing to play a certain way is this good for the game with survivors needing to play um a certain way i there was a comment here that i read um from farmer john he said it's usually whichever side plays the nastiest slash sweatiest and or brings the strongest meta wins rather than the actual balance mattering which is precisely why i hate mmr since it increased that tenfold 
unfortunately, I don't see that change. So from all these results, it definitely shows you that if you, if even if the survivors play perfect, you can capitalize. If you're a good killer, you can capitalize on one mistake and um, you'll get one kill. Yep. Because if a survive, if people, if survivors play perfect in terms of what you were saying before, how they play efficient, mm-hmm. then three of them will get out because if they'll just punish the killer for like if you've got like if you have a Bubba doing Insidious face camp, say you're in a four man survive friends and like someone's like Bubba's in the basement with me Insidious, that's two minutes where the other three are just gonna pump out the gens. Yeah, exactly. I I guess basically. Otz talks about because apparently killers have been struggling, and we have noticed this that there are the the reason the survivor games actually are taking longer in OC, and even it's been evident in other regions, the EU, you know, NA, the survivor queues have been getting longer and longer, is because killers are not playing the game anymore because they're getting stomped. Yes. So this this example was Otstarver's way to show you that. If you are, if if people that have between five thousand and nine thousand hours can average two to three kills per game with no perks, no add-ons, and not moving for the first thirty seconds, if you play with strong perks, strong killers, use offerings for maps, use the best perks and add-ons, and don't wait the thirty seconds, uh, you will give your set. You you actually do have a really good chance of. Um, of you know killing survivors and and doing well check the profiles of every survivor in the lobby to identify them by the hours they've played uh do the challenge off stream to avoid stream snipers if you want to if you stream um if a survivor crashes it's a 3v1 be ruthless and enjoy your um win this is if you want to attempt the challenge if you try all of that as unfun as it may be and you honestly still believe that this game is heavily survivor sided so basically i think in the end, Otstava's conclusion is that the game is not survivor-sided. So, in his opinion, he he does not think the game is heavily survivor-sided. Uh, survivors have easy shortcuts to win more often, and most of the time, the victory goes to the wettier sides. So, uh, again, he says DPD uh, is decided to whatever side decides to be the nastiest. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting... Uh, example and a really interesting experiment because for a long time for a long time people say that the game is survivor sided and i think the reason that people have said that is because people play in swifts and they take control of the game and they they run around and get their flashlight saves and all of that and they make killers feel helpless so even if a killer gets a win out of that game with you know a win two or more kills yep in the MMR eyes, they don't. It doesn't feel rewarding. Whereas when you completely destroy a team that's trying, that you know is like trying to play optimally, like a very get a good win, competitive game. Yeah, that feels great. But when you when you destroy a team or you win against a team that was all just moonwalking and flashlighting and memeing around head-ons and stuns and everything like that, it doesn't feel like it doesn't it doesn't feel as good. So that's why I think it's felt survivor sided for a long while. But yeah, it, it, this is just a way to show people that if you are a killer, if you're a killer main out there or someone that plays killer, come back to the game. Like, keep playing killer. Keep trying. I play a little bit of killer um, off stream sometimes and I'm going to be playing a killer 
uh, more on stream going yep. forward. Simply to avoid long queue times for Survivor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like give it a shot because if these if people can average two to three kills, yes, they have to play in a certain way sometimes. And yes, people will rage at you and get angry at you for not not so tunneling, but you know, playing to win, which I've had for a lot of my when I was a killer main, I used to have that happen all the time. People would be like, "Oh, you play to win," and like, "Well, it is a game." So <laughs> I still get that. I was literally winning, so. last night. I had someone. They were. I'm not going to go on name and shame, but they were, this was a there was a streamer. And they were playing with a friend. They had someone from their community, I think it was like a mod or a VIP jumping in. And they tried to go for flashy blinds the whole game, like saving people. And then like these survivors, like with their borrowed times, just a lot of the time, like I'd hook someone, find someone straight away. And then the person on the hook gets saved straight away. And like after the game, like, oh, you really camped that whole game, didn't you? And it's like, well, yeah. it, is it really camping if you're looping me next to them on hook <laughs> yeah if you're saving me as i'm walking or away. like someone comes over for a flashlight blind and then i don't see scratch marks leading away i'm like well you're probably still here but yeah it, it's it's a tough one i feel like that comes back to what we said earlier about each side having their own win conditions and a lot of people in this game mainly play one or the other not too many people play both a lot so like People go on and say, like, Survivor Entitlement. A lot of those survivors that are entitled don't play Killer. Likewise, the Killers yeah, that yeah. are entitled don't play much Survivor. It's a lot of the people that are pretty... Like, getting camped or tunneled um, is really annoying a Survivor, sure. I'm not saying it isn't, but if I'm getting, like, camped as a Survivor, particularly, say, like, end of the game, like, they're doing the gates and everything and a Killer's basically not leaving my face, it's like... Fair enough. I would be doing the exact same. I don't have an issue with how they're playing. It's annoying, sure, because no one likes to have that happen to them, but I understand why they're doing it and I don't have an issue with it. And likewise, yeah. um, like you get the killers that run like slowdown builds. And it's like, I understand why you, a lot of killers need to have like your ruined undying or like your corrupt pop, whatever because they're just trying to slow down the game a bit. I run similar perks. I run a fair few slowdown perks when I need to, so I understand that. Exactly. And if, if these people are able to do this while using no perks and 30 seconds AFK and get some good results, then killers, if you're out there, as I said, come yeah. back. <laughs> come back and play. I don't care if you use triple slowdown builds. I just want more killers to play against than different play against because so, i think um, i would say because like <laughs> since he came out i've been a doctor mate what yeah what was your what's your kind of experience so so my experiment is actually something a bit more survivor side because when okay. mmr was said we're definitely going to go through with it and like in the coming weeks it's going to be a permanent thing and yeah. even like the weeks leading afterwards i felt like a lot of it was the same pillars the same perks stuff like that so i think it was across a few streams i think it was 45 games all up i actually did an experiment of my own with the exception of a couple of games just like the ones where i'm like getting 
tunneled out at five gens and I just couldn't be bothered staying around for another 10 minutes. I yep. would get the, like, I'd have the killer that we played against, the build, the map, and the game result. Yep. And I just wanted to kind of see how, like, the perks we kept getting, the killers, stuff like that. So I, in terms of the maps of all the games, just over 11% was Haddonfield, just under 16% Midwich, and 9% was Mother's Dwelling. They were the most frequent maps. Yep. And I didn't use any, I only used Blood Point offerings, um, or maybe like the Luck one here and there. I didn't use any map offerings or like the, what is it, the Sacred Ward to stop a map offering. Yeah, yep. So I was just, Sack ward, yeah. other survivors kept using a lot of your Haddonfields and stuff like that. But I wasn't using any myself. Then, in terms of match results, the most common result was actually no kills at just under thirty-two percent. So that's just under one in three games. Just over twenty percent were four Ks. Eighteen percent two kills. Nine percent three kills. Just under fourteen percent was a single kill, and then just under seven percent was a killer DC. And then, in terms of your killers. 22.7% were Blights. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And then you had Huntress was your next at 13.6%. And then you had like your Wraiths, um, couple of Spirits, Billies. So in your experiment then, the Killers were mostly getting... Mostly Blights. Generally, it was no kills or they'd get three or like two or four. So it was either zero or two to four. Pretty much. <laughs> and then I like taking down the perks that they were using. The yep. most commonly used killer perks. So I got the top six in order. Barbecue was the most frequent at 48.9%. It's not surprising at all. Ruin 35.6. Undying 22.2. Pop at a flat 20%. Corrupt 15.6. And save the best for last was 13.3. And I, something I probably should have mentioned as well, timeline-wise, I think this was before Pinhead. Okay. Or might have yeah. been around the time Pinhead came out, give or take. Um, the, so 38.8% of killer perks in the game weren't even used in a single match. And 28.8% of killer perks were only used once. And then Almost like... half of the perks weren't used. Yeah, or used just a single time. Yeah. Pretty much two thirds of the perks were used none or once. It was the oh, wow. a third of the perks were used two or more times. Other notable numbers is that bamboozle, sloppy, and surge slash jolt, because this is when the whole Stranger Things leaving was all being done. They were all yep. used once. Lethal pursuer and discordance were only used in eleven point one percent of games. And then Thanatophobia and Tinkerer. Both got used less than Shadowborn and Bitter Murmur. Yeah, that's because blight, your Blights and your Huntresses were up top. Yeah. So I know a lot of Blights use Shadowborn. But yeah, there was only a couple of games with the Tinkerer, a couple of games with Thena. And then, yeah, only one game had a Pity Hatch. So like the three kills and the killer gives the last guy a hatch. Any of the yeah, other yeah, escapes yeah. were actually like genuine escapes. The three disconnects yep. we got, two of them, there was one gen left, the other, there was two gens left, and there was only one Mori, and in that game, the killer didn't get a single kill. <laughs> wow. So, like, 
pretty much, and I don't think it's changed too much. The most common killers were pretty much your Blights, Huntresses, Wraith, Spirit. So these were all solo Survivor games? Uh, there was probably a couple where I had, like, say someone come in, like, in a duo, like there wasn't any comms or anything. Okay. But predominantly solo, yeah. So that was just a... So even, even in your experiment, even though this was Survivor-sided... Yeah. 20% of the time... Like a majority, the majority of the time, actually no, the majority of the time the killer got zero kills. Yep. And then under that, four kills. So it was, you know, most of the time the killer would get zero or four. Yep. All or nothing pretty much. Yeah. Which, which does make sense for, depending on you're playing against yeah. like ultra six Swiss and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's that for me shows you right there that, um, you know, it's, it's very opposing data to to Otz's data about admittedly there's game a game being survivor sided yeah that was just something I was curious about and so I did over a few streams if you showed this to someone they would be like the game survivor sided because the most of the time the killer gets zero kills yep compared to when they get four kills yep but yeah it, it's data is 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 only data on DVD so there's only so much you can use we can use from it you can arrange data to suit your argument quite nicely as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought that was a cool a cool thing that he's done. He's getting people to do challenges and try something different. Again, this is something else that kind of shakes up the game and makes it a little bit um, more... Not only does it provide a lot of data and interesting things to talk about, but uh, it also gives people a little fun, essentially like an almost like a different game mode to play where they're trying something different so it's probably not something i would do purely for the fact there's a few killers i'm just like not good at so it won't it skewer the results a little it won't bit. translate as enough yeah see i'm the, i'm thinking about doing it but i've kind of on the same wavelength where some killers that i'm terrible with most killers i'm decent at like i could probably like if i did the challenge i'd probably maybe one and a half if i was really like playing to win maybe around yep. that but I don't like playing in that regard, like having to play in an unfun manner. Like in a game, if like someone, like if I've got nothing to do and someone gets saved, I'll go back to whoever was hooked, but I'll go for the savior unless they're just hiding. Then sorry to little Claudette that was hooked. You're yeah. in a bit of trouble, but I'm not going to go out of my way to tunnel someone out or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not going to, on the same note, if you're the only one I see, I'm not going to just leave you just out of pity. Yeah, I, I've start, I, uh, when I came back to Killer after playing Survive for ages, I did start doing that. I would refuse to hook someone. I would run straight. I'd play Wraith a lot, and I would just, uh, the person would get saved, and if uh, the person who saved them was nowhere to be seen, uh, the person would be in front of me trying to take a like, borrow time hit or make me hit them. And even if I knew that borrow time was running out, I would literally, I would run away and I would go and find someone else. I would just refuse to hook them unless they just kept chasing me. Because if they kept chasing me, then I'll just turn around and hit them. But um, for the most part, I was uh, I was not running any slowdowns. Um, I was running the um, the meta perk Lightborn though. Uh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh no i i was just i was running like save the best for last and uh you know just barbecue and stuff uh and i wasn't running any slowdown and 
I was, you know, forking people regularly with, you know, getting a whole bunch of hooks and stuff. But, and it was fun for me. And then it got to a certain point in the night where I was like, okay, I'm going up against the, the, um, the really good teams now. And those games were not fun. Like I would get, it, it would be tough. That's part of the issue I found as well in terms of MMR is because they said like when MMR was being introduced, it was going to be based off how successful you'd been with like your killers and your survivors over like six months or however long it was. Yeah. In that time, playing Doctor, because the odd matchmaking, it was you would get anyone under the sun. I had a very, very high success rate, like maybe 19 out of 20 games would be a, like 4k or 3k plus hatch. Yeah. So when MMR hit, my doc MMR was sky high and doctor's just not a strong enough killer at that kind of level. So like I get into games and like I'd be getting one or two hooks. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, it's definitely tough. And the game is in um, an interesting state, I guess. Kind of talking about the state that it's in, um, we've kind of touched on the, the main stuff that we were going to talk about that doesn't have anything to do with the developer updates. So we can probably delve straight into the... Get through the developer updates and, and start talking about the little bit of PTV stuff as well. And then, of course, we'll have the Shrine to, to finish on in a little bit. So... Um, one of the most exciting things, which is, it's not a huge deal, um, but the first thing that they announced in the developer update was pa patch optimization plans. So if you've ever played on Steam before or potentially even console, uh, the patches take forever because they essentially reinstall the game in chunks. And uh, yeah, it's they changed the way they did them and it just made them take so, so long. Um, They've changed the way they're... They're going to be changing the way they're doing it uh, from mid-chapter. So the patches on Steam will uh, be 50% faster and decrease the disk space required. Uh, and then there'll be actually restructuring how they do these in a future update. Uh, and then they say that this will affect plat all platforms and make patch times up to 200% faster. So it's just going to get us back on the game playing uh, faster than normal. Which is good because uh, the four-part process of installing and then uh, applying and then repainting your whole entire house and then uh, installing again, <laughs> it was just not fun. It's what, about two in the morning usually that kind of stuff goes live? Like an in update or whatever? Savings, it's, it's 3 a.m. Yeah, but yeah it's normally usually, usually it would be a case of, okay, it's out, start downloading, I'm going to bed, I'll touch it in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Which means now that if you're streaming, like I normally get up like on at least nine or something, um, and you know, uh, get that sorted within hopefully ten twenty. I mean, mine still doesn't take very long, but it's that installing and pro, you know, the all of that kind of extra stuff. Yeah, it's the installation, the verification of yeah. files. It's the way the chunks are, like they said. So they're going to be changing that, which is great. Yeah, hundred percent. I guess another big, this is probably one of the bigger ones. So this is for the future. They start this off by saying, if you're reading this, you've been left on hook at some point. Okay, maybe not, but the chances are pretty high. So they're basically talking about how skill-based matchmaking, they've seen an, uh, the impact of playing with a pre-made group and how it, how it um, 
impacts the the game at various skills. Um, they basically see an uptake in survival rates between solo and uh, if you're in a pre-made group, you often have a more chance. I think it says the difference in escape rates can be as much as 15%. So that's not good. They don't want that to happen. And that's actually an insane number as well. It is, it is definitely quite a lot higher than if you're playing solo. Um, so they don't want that to happen. They want you to have just as much chance if not the same amount of chance between being a solo survivor and uh, being a person that's a part of a pre-made group. So they want to share a very early peak at one way of potentially closing the gap. Um, and the, they want also, they want you, us to stress, and I will stress this, that it is in very early stages and they're just curious to hear uh, what they think, what we think, because uh, it can be changed or scrapped. So I will read this out. Uh, word for word um, so one feature we are experimenting with is a status icon next to each survivor's portrait in the hud that lets you know what they are doing this way solo survivors can base their decision around what their teammates are doing and partial groups get a better idea of their solo teammates contributions making everyone feel like more of a team uh, this is something that can already be easily conveyed with a quick call out over voice chat but is not currently available to solo survivors uh, now, the one thing that I will mention is if you have watched any of the new game that's coming out called VHS, they have a system now in that game where it tells you the location of every scene that's running around uh, without even needing to be on comms. You can ping in that game and it actually tells you if the teen has a weapon or if, you know, it basically gives you a whole bunch of status information without needing to be on comms. So... Uh, this is super exciting. I don't know about what do you think. I think it's super exciting. That the suggestion with like the status icon next to the like on the HUD is actually something I'd suggested a while ago. Like a lot of people, I think Scott Jun might have suggested the same thing, or Otz, or a few of those guys. I said yep. the same thing. I would have something simple like a generator, a like running icon if you're running around the map, maybe like some sort of healing a icon. icon if you're opening it. Yeah, the map. if you're. A blend out in the corner of the map um but yeah just have those basic icons so like yeah running generator healing i think that's probably all you need yep i i don't know i honestly was thinking potentially that you know the hook I, we've already got the hook one if they just add one where it's a, a generator and then they add one where it's a walking like it's just a picture of someone it's like a, a hard up hard icon that if you really wanted to go for it maybe a totem cleansing one as well but you really wanted to but i don't think you really need that one it's yeah it really depends on kind of what how in depth they want to go because yes if you're on comms and you're talking to your mates you will tell them when you're doing a totem you will tell them when you're on a gen you will tell them if you're going to go for the save and you will tell them when the killer's chasing you so maybe they might as the totem thing is a good idea maybe it'll show uh when a survivor i think it takes a bit out of it if it shows you when a survivor is in chase uh but it might do that as well if it was up to me i'd keep the chase one only if you're the obsession yep because i think that just makes sense and i don't think that really changes the game too much but definitely I think as a minimum, 
you need a generator healing and like the walking running icon if you're doing something else and then maybe add like yeah like a totem or a chest if you really want to yeah so uh running uh generator and then healing uh and then i would say searching so maybe searching could be or like it could be under a totem they could be cleansing they could be booning or blessing or they could be searching a chest so it would be cool to see five icons maybe four or five icons because at least that way um, if you're on solo queue and you don't have kindred you're like okay i've got dwight's hooked and i can see jake's injured and now claudette is suddenly healing someone so i'm like okay claudette's healing jake i need to go save dwight on the hook yeah exactly yeah this gives you that little bit of information so i think it's a cool idea and it is very early days and uh it's something they're talking about internally but if you do have an opinion feel free to uh come by a, a, either of our streams and talk about it or even jump on twitter tweet the devs jump on the forums talk about it um you know they want some they want information and they want feedback from us so we can give them good feedback on and on maybe some extra ideas uh you never know what's gonna you know, in a in a constructive and <laughs> and nice way i should add uh you never know what um what kind of impact that's gonna have on what they introduce so uh definitely give it a um give them some feedback if you have some feedback uh the other new cool thing is the betas tab so this is essentially it's not the ptv uh, which I think is cool. Uh, so the next time that you go into the settings, uh, once this hits the game, there will be a betas tab. Uh, so you can find some upcoming features uh, where you can opt in or out as you please. So if you want to share your thoughts on something early, you can opt in. The best thing about this is you will be re rewarded with extra blood points for the first bunch of, bunch of matches you play. I believe it's the first 10 matches you play in a beta you get. Yeah, that's I believe it is as well. Um, the best thing about this, I would say, is that it's not a PTV, so the betas are available on console. So console players can now get involved and, uh, and jump on some stuff, which uh, when, it, uh, when the beta comes out, I don't believe it's out yet, is it? It's just on the PTV, or is, it, is the beta thing out now already? Beta is definitely not a live service. Okay. Um, so it might be on the PTV. Yeah, I think it's on the PTV. So um, the first beta that they're wanting to try or the first thing you're going to be able to try on the beta if you want is the Wiggle update. So um, if you want to talk a little bit about that, what they're changing that to uh, with the instead of the skill checks, I mean, instead of mashing the buttons, they're changing to skill checks. Yeah, I I think that's a decent idea. The same way you've gone from the mashing spacebar or whatever you bind it to to hitting skill checks, I think that's fine. I think it is. It's a slight. Uh, I've heard a couple of people say this, but I actually think it is. From what I've seen, I haven't pl I played on the PTV, but it looks like a slight nerf to wiggling, to be honest. Um, because you can you actually can. Uh, miss your skill like it seems a bit easy to miss the skill checks because it's a circle and the 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 little red skill check icon just keeps flipping back and forth to the um to the skill check bar 
Whereas when you press A and D, you don't have it. You don't. All you have to do is just press press it in time, and you wiggle. I think um, I I have no issues with adding it, but I wouldn't mind. I don't think they'd do it though. I wouldn't mind having an option to either do like the wiggle as it is now, or do it skill check. Like you can set which one you want. I think we will have the option. the The reason they are bringing it in is accessibility, so it's always good to give um, people that may not be able to press A and D or press wiggle or wiggle their joystick on their controllers, which I'm sure is annoying. Yes. Uh, you know, it makes it more accessible to players with the RSI, so repetitive strain injuries. Um, it also just might make it more comfortable. Prefer you can actually bind each side of the wiggle to a different. Uh, button if you would like to not be pressing the same button over and over again so you could have one side of the skill check is the number one and then one side of the skill check is like the number five so you're not pressing one 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 over because my my skill check button is on my mouse so i would just be pressing my mouse button but i don't that doesn't stress my hand out or anything like that so um that's a interesting update we'll be we'll all get a chance to try it if we want as you said, I do hope that we have the chance and the ability to pick which one we want and we're not forced with the um, skill checks for the wiggle. However, it's not going to... I don't think it's going to... It's not going to be game-breaking game either so, way. Yeah. Um, the other huge exciting thing uh, for accessibility and just for... Just something for that, w that we should have had in the game for a long time is uh, toggle interactions. So... If you've been playing on PC for a little bit, you would know that you used to be able to select a interaction, so a generator or healing. Uh, if you pressed escape and then you hold on, you held on to your mouse button. If you were um, doing an M1 interaction and then you let go of the mouse button, then pressed escape out of the menu, it would continue to hold that interaction without you having to press your mouse. I didn't actually um, know that. Yeah, so this was a thing um, I found out um a while back i think i was actually watching uncharted um a while while back and he would always get on a generator press m1 and then press escape and then press escape and i was like oh, why does he do that and then one time he was working on a generator and he put both his hands in the air or like you know adjusted his glasses <laughs> or something and i was like what H how like how is that happening so i, I asked and yeah they kind of laughed and they were like yeah, yeah, yeah like this is um, what you do and then i think i hexy does hexy when i would watch hexy he did it all the time and then um basically they removed the ability to do that so um now if you press escape while you're holding down m1 it just cancels the interaction um you have to press escape and then start it again um, people did find a way to do this um again with like popping up your discord overlay or something and then letting go of M1 and then going back to the game and it would still hold the interaction. Um, I think you can still do that, but basically they've finally said, okay, we understand that people don't want to just be holding M1 or, you know, holding a button for long periods of time. So they're going to make it toggle uh, a toggle uh, interaction. So you can just press M1 when you go to heal, go to heal or go to you do a generator or you go to kick a generator as a killer and it will complete the interaction uh, and you don't have to press uh, the button. You only have to press the button to stop it again. And also, they're also adding in a uh, sprint to cancel. So uh, 
you can be on a generator and be repairing it and then if the killer comes all you have to do is just sprint and run in a direction and you don't have to like click the button again to cancel the so i think this is really cool and i've been waiting for this um for ages uh it's, they said it, it'll make it more accessible and provide an alternative for players that don't wish to hold a button down for the entire length of an interaction um plus this frees up a hand so you can take a drink <laughs> yes um yeah so i i think this is really a, a good idea and i'm glad that they're bringing it in i for people that stream and stuff it just yes. makes it that a little bit easier i like it as well but i don't know if you've seen dowsy's video on it yeah i have i'm afking on jens and he literally runs away from his computer that was probably one of the funnier videos i've seen on dvd in a while yeah that was Which, great it's always going to be like no matter what you do in any game there's always going to be people that do some sort of exploit of the feature like that but that was quite an amusing one not very practical in most senses like he did have to set it up with a pretty decent build and a friend with jonas perk to help with the skill checks that was so funny when he was just like i'm literally afking on gens like <laughs> i'm not even here guys i'm just gonna go to the toilet <laughs> i'm gonna go down to the cinema and watch a movie <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah run technician and you can miss all the skill checks you want the gem will never get done but you'll be fine i would i would love when when this comes out i do want to test it and just see how long i can sit on a gen 4 but missing all my um my technician skill checks and just see how long it takes until the killer finds me <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, the toggle interaction thing is cool. Uh, lots of accessibility stuff, which is really, really awesome. Uh, good to know that they are focusing on accessibility for all players uh, and you know, actually l l keeping an eye out and, um, and paying attention to stuff that, stuff that people that might need and, and is going to help them play their game. So I think it's important that they keep focusing on that stuff. They did... Reduce, uh, sorry, produce the next part of the uh, the developer update the next day. So, um, one of the things they're doing is they're revisiting the grade rewards. So, yes, uh, two hundred fifty thousand blood points, not much for hitting uh, grade one. Uh, especially, it's definitely doable and easy to do on both sides. Uh, if you you know apply to a certain level, but it's a, it's still a bit of a grind. Yeah, twenty, twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So what's that? About thirteen games it takes to get to the same amount of blood points you get as reward, and it yeah, definitely does exactly. not take thirteen games to get to iridescent one. That's what they say. So they say that uh, not only how far everyone manages to get in a month, they've been tracking how many matches it took to get there. Um, so the current rewards don't seem very fitting, as you said, thirteen games to get the same amount of points that you get for a whole entire. Uh, season or a whole entire month uh, so they're switching up that system and they're going to be uh f they're finalizing the exact rewards but um they when, will be higher than before when i first saw they were doing this i said as like a ballpark figure it probably won't be this high but a million if you get to iridescent one and then take away fifty thousand for every rank lower so that way, if you don't play a single game or you're still stuck at, what is it, Ash 4, you get yep. 50,000. I mean, there is no reason to not... The cap is 1 million, so there is no reason to not be like, well, if you've reached the cap, 
like if you've reached the, the highest grade you we may as well fill you to the cap yeah and even still we'll the, get, blood we'll points, the, the blood points the blood points yeah the blood points behavior gives you um doesn't contribute to that cap anyway exactly so yeah just remove the cap behavior the next thing that uh there's a couple there's two more things in this developer update and then we'll touch on some ptb notes yep uh but they've changed some add-ons so um they made a little note here that they're enjoying tweaking different add-ons so they're thrilled to see a positive reaction so they've decided to make it a tradition so they want to make add-on tweaks like these more regularly uh and make it a part of their updates in the future so um they don't want to do massive overhauls where you know they have to go we're changing freddy completely they don't they don't they still will do those things like i think legion's in line to get a full rework but they want to be reworking perks and i mean reworking perks and add-ons on the fly so that the game will feel more alive and just more kind of looked after regularly rather than just being like we're going to let a perk or add-on sit for two years and then we're going to completely overhaul it and change it so um look honestly a lot of these ones i don't think are worth talking about the blight one um i don't think there's a couple here that are not worth talking about the bubble one like the cannibal ones the bubble ones the i think and stuff i think one of the significant ones is probably redhead's pinky finger for clown yeah that's a that's one definitely yeah. to talk about which so um reducing the bottle count by two so the that is the insta down pinky finger isn't it where if yep. you hit them with the bottle yep they become exposed. so now if you want to have your four bottles you need to have the purple add-on i can't remember the name of it i don't know clowns add-ons very well but to have four bottles it's like the old thing where to have but will the... it reduce the account the count by two or will it be it like reduces it it's like um was it like huntress it was like what eerie head used to be so okay. where like you could you have eerie head and eerie infantry head. belt you could get back up to three okay yep yep um interesting that they're gonna allow it for that but not for eerie head i think it's because there's a little bit like you get hit by an eerie head hatchet you're downed true with the if you get you have to get hit directly by a bottle so if you just walk into the mist it doesn't affect it you have to be hit directly and even if you get hit directly there's like what three four second window they have to hit you there which if you vault a window drop a pallet so it's not a guaranteed down. It's a very likely down, but it's not guaranteed yeah. whereas the eerie head is. And also eerie head's got effectively infinite range. Whereas like, sure, you could throw a clown bottle max range. You're probably not going to down them with it. Yeah, if you hit them, they're going to run. So away. I think it's just because there's a bit more ability to play around Pinky Finger. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, the, the pig one's pretty cool. The Amanda's letter is going to um, reduce the available bear, uh, bear traps by two instead of a three. So you're going to have an extra bear trap now if you're using Amanda's letter. So that'll just help a little bit. And I believe the last will, um, you're going to be able to charge your attack faster. Uh, which is cool. There's yeah. some twins stuff. Which no one plays twins. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, the Nemesis stuff where like the iridescent add-on changes doubles the exposed time uh, after you have when you use a vaccine no one uses the add-on anyway 
Um, the zombie increased movement speed with the Shattered Stars badge. That could uh, be fun. 150% now. That, so that could be fun. Speed. So I'm definitely going to... That's pretty funny to use. I, re I reckon that'll be fun. They have nerfed... Um, wait, so Marvin's Blood increased the mutation rate by 25%, was 33%. So they have nerfed that. Is that right? Yeah, that was the one I think from... Getting a survivor or a zombie? Double check that. Because there was one that's, that's when you hit a, uh, is it a zombie? A, um, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Then, yeah, the zombie movement speed by thirty five percent. So they've done. I don't. They've done a little few. Yeah, I guess they found that. So Marvin's yeah, Marvin's blood was a another was hitting survivors. Hitting survivors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So I think yeah, it meant you could do that increase it, by. I think people were just hitting their um. They were hitting the mutation rate too quickly, maybe for, for their liking, so... Now I think it means it would just require you to hit a survivor one more time if you're using Marvin's Blood, as opposed to what it is now. So if it's like five times to hit them to get to tier three, it'll be six. That's all they're changing. Okay. So it's not, not a massive difference. Um, the Wooden Fox one, I can't. I use this add-on quite frequently with Huntress, and I think it's funny. I don't play Huntress, uh, or I'd never use it. Undetectable duration goes to 30 seconds instead of uh, 15 seconds, which is cool. Uh, and then that's one that's changed, but I don't think... No one used that knows. anyway. That was the one where if you, when you're in your um, Super Saiyan, want to smash everything mode, <laughs> it's the one where if you miss an attack, anyone within 12 meters screams. It's just now 24 oh, meters. Oh, right. Um, then the big changes is the perk changes, uh, perk add-ons. So another thing, um, here we can see boil over has been changed, but there's about six or seven perks here, I think. Uh, so boil over has been changed. I'm going to read this straight off the, um, the PTB notes, but, um, the strafe intensity has increased from the 50, 75 and a hundred percent. Previously, it was 25, 50, and 75%. So it automatically starts off at the second best level. And then if you've got the top tier, top perk level, uh, then 100% strafe intensity. So you're going to make the killer bounce around a fair bit. So each level is just 25% more than it, um, what it used to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's going to increase the hook obscure radius to 16 meters. So you'll get an extra 2 meters than you used to. So it'll make... Uh, people, a lot of people probably didn't know this, but boil over makes it harder for the killers to see. It obscures the hooks nearby, so um, if they look up and they go, "Where are my yeah, hooks? where are my hooks they gone?" Won't be able to see them, which on an um, indoor map, people don't actually yeah. realize how. Exactly, it can definitely mess you up. Uh, the biggest thing about this is that um, if a killer, the new effect, if a you gain 25% wiggle progress uh, when the killer drops from great heights. So if you're at the top of Coal Tower and the killer drops down, uh, you'll get an extra 25% onto your wiggle instantly. So um, this is quite cool because I, I think it's cool because it, it, the killer's going to have to think about more. They're going to have to think more when they take you to especially uh, hook. I think the one thing that, because initially when I saw it was 25%, I'm like, that's a decent chunk. 
but then thinking about yeah. it, the killer will be notified if the survivors got boil over. So it's like- yeah, exactly. So it, it is a risk versus reward type thing where if you think you can make it, you know. I'm just now worried about the um, boil over breakout Haddonfield Swifts. Yeah, you've got boil over breakout. You've got you know always going up and dying on a roof so that the killer has to drop down, and then you've got a teammate there ready to go. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. It it may be too it may be too strong to have that on there, but it's cool that they're trying out new effects. I like it on paper. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one, distortion. This is kind of meh, but they're increasing the token count from three to four. So. See, I actually use distortion a bit at the moment. I think I think distortion should have recharging tokens. Yeah, I I just like distortion because it gives you like a lot of times when you're playing survivor, you can get a good idea if the killer's got barbecue, if they've got nurses, based on how they act. But For you sure. can't a hundred percent say, okay, this killer's got barbecue clearly because they came over to me, blah blah blah. But if yeah. like someone gets hooked and distortion activates, ah, they you know exactly yeah, what's going on. And if they've got nurses calling, you can actually do some wacky plays with distortion. I just think that it's there's just not enough tokens. Like your to- your tokens can get eaten up right at the start of it. If the killer has lethal, boom, token gone. If the killer has barbecue, boom, token gone. If the killer has nurses, boom, token gone. And then, you know, you get that one extra token. I think that you should earn back a token every time you complete a generator or something. Or um, every t- they should just be a way to kind of like earn back. I think it would make the perk more viable. I still probably won't get used that much. Um, speaking of perks that don't get used that much, um, Buckle Up got a change as well. Uh, the aura reveal duration is maxed up to 10 seconds now. Who cares? <laughs> Game break. Literally nothing. Um, power struggle uh, has decreased the activation threshold to fifteen percent. Wiggle progress. So this means that if you're on a high surface and a killer drops down without even wiggling, and a killer drops down and you have boil over, uh, you will be able to. If they walk through a pallet, you will be able to. Um, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of say like your, in particular, say like your wrecker's yard. Where you've got like um, basement in shack in the middle, and more often than not, one of those sides has a hill. Dying on top yep. of a hill, killer jumping down and walking through God Pallet. A hill isn't great height, is it? Uh, I think great, great, great height. Great heights are only like. I thought great height was anything that activates balanced landing. Is it? I I thought that great heights were only, um, you know, anything that's higher, like. This, you know, the the stairs on like uh, the coal tower. I mean, not the coal. Yeah, like, like the second the story. Or oh, I could, I could be wrong in that. I could be wrong in that. I thought it was just anything that activates balance Maybe, landing, I but I could be wrong. No, why don't I reckon you should look it up? Let's look it up. I'll read up. The, I'll just read the next perk, and then yeah, if you read it up, look it up, and then we'll see. Um, how, you know when it activates, because yeah, it is interesting to know. Wake up is also getting a buff as well. So the exit gate speed boost is going up to 25% now, an extra 10% than before. So not many people use this in um, in public matches, but in competitive, this perk gets used a lot. And that is a huge uh, speed boost now, an extra 10%. going to make doors fly open now, especially if someone's sitting there at the end of the game. 
Uh, so that's quite interesting. Uh, there is some killer perks that got reworked as well. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of um, Deathslingers perks actually got reworked. Um, so Gearhead got reworked uh, when a survivor loses a health state, Gearhead activates. Uh, gear, when Gearhead is active, the next time the survivor completes a great skill check while repairing, their aura is revealed to you for 10 seconds. Uh, and then Gearhead activates. So I don't know how many survivors this can be active on. I think I this could know. be really interesting. One? I think it's... Yeah, yeah. I thought it was... Um, like, her perk activates and the next survivor to hit a skill check. Um, you can see that aura for... 10 seconds but that oh, means i read it wrong yeah next, next time a survivor completes yep a great skill check not in the next time that survivor yeah so if claudette gets one, yeah. injured and jake hits a great skill check you see jake's aura yep yep so it's a good it's a cool information perk i um, think this could be really fun on plague yeah i mean if people you know when people are hitting greats as well which is kind of cool and the other thing is like you get you like throw up on someone, they'll eventually get injured just naturally. So you could yep. be on the other side of the map and you see someone's hit a great skill check. Like, Maybe and you just get information you elsewhere. Maybe you're going to target. Yeah. Well, because you're like, well, this person's so, hitting great skill checks. I think on Plague, this could have some fun. Also, yeah, with anyone the, that, you know, even Wraith, you know, someone that, that injures people pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, I feel like you don't need this perk if you're good at tracking survivors as it is and like keeping pressure on but maybe if you're a little bit um you are and you don't really know how to track survivors as well maybe this will be helpful so getting to the great height thing i couldn't yep. find a specific definition but okay. in the like thing for balance landing it says when falling from great heights so okay so rock would definitely so win. i would guess I don't, because I know there was a lot of, like, when the tomes falling from a great height, there was a lot of inconsistencies with that. Hmm. But I don't know if that's a tome thing. I think falling off a rock would be, if it works off a rock, then boil over is going to be insane. We'll just have to see like, what they do with just it. falling off top of a rock is, uh, it doesn't feel that high. Like those hills, yeah. But we'll see what happens when it comes out. So Remember Me has been changed, so the trigger condition changed to the obsession losing a health state. Uh, was triggered on a basic attack only. Uh, so whenever the obsession loses a health state, you get a remember me token. Is that right? Yep. So instead of, so it used to be just a basic attack on the obsession. Now you can hit them with a hatchet, a tentacle oh, here, yeah, yeah. trickster blades. However, that was very confusingly written. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the Coupe de Grasse, Coupe de Grasse, uh, Coupe de Gras, Coupe de Gras. The they've increased the lunge uh, modifier, so they've increased it by twenty percent at the top end. So you're going to be able to f uh, fly twenty percent further than you could before. Uh, so this is going to be absolutely terrifying. I before Spirit's rework because they got rid of the two add-ons for this, but you know how Spirit has the um, add-on when you come out of phase, you get like the longer lunge. Pairing those two add-ons with Coup de Gras was so much fun. You can fly across <laughs> the whole map. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be fun to use. Just to kind of... I love using Coup on Wraith. You come out of... The, get the speed boost and then 
fly across half the map and hit someone. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, I like that change. It's not game breaking, but um, you'll notice that the I think I think we noticed that the ki the killers the killer reworks have slightly less impact on the game as the uh, the survivor ones. Yes. Um, so furtive chase, the effect has been removed. You will lose all your tokens if your obsession is sacrificed or killed. So you no longer lose your tokens if your obsession dies, which is good. I'm sure that makes the perk just as worth using. <laughs> there's only there's only one build I ever use this perk, and it's my it's a doctor build I run with his calm add-ons, the ones that um, makes his terror radius bigger or smaller depending if the blast is ready. Okay. I run that, immediately use the blast whenever I get it to get a smaller terror radius, send it to layers with like monitor abuse and furtive chase, so that I've got like a 12 meter terror radius for most of the game. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> so like, something like that, it's a fun perk, but other than that, it's just buffing a very, very mediocre perk. Now, the big one, Dead Man Switch. This perk is, I think, potentially going to become a meta perk. Once this um, comes out, it, I think potentially it's too. It might be too strong in quotations. Um, but I watched a I watched Dowsy's video today. Actually, yeah, I watched um, that as well. This recording and um, he was using Scourge Hook, anything to make survivors scream and get off the gen. So basically, Dead Man Switch they've removed the obsession mechanic. So now you can just hook anyone, any survivor, not the not just doesn't just trigger on the obsession. Uh, when you uh, trigger a, when you trigger this, uh, any generator, well, the, the last generator that was touched by a survivor gets blocked. Is that right? No. So whenever a, so this perk, as it is now, and whenever the obsession's hooked, if a survivor gets off a generator, it blocks it. Yeah. So okay, yeah, it's yeah. 45 seconds from when the survivor's hooked. So if the survivor gets off the generator after 10 seconds after they're hooked, it's blocked for 35 seconds. So it's yep. just blocked Sorry. for the duration of the 45 of seconds. That. Okay, yep. I'll just tell you what Dowsy was doing is he was running the, um, the, the new Scourge hook and he was running Eruption and Infectious, so anything to make survivor scream. So when you scream, you automatically let go of the gen. So when he would hook on a Scourge hook, uh, dead man switch would activate but so would the scourge hook and the way that interaction happens is the scream happens first and then obviously as you said the dead man switch goes for the 45 second duration because yeah the scream forces them to get off the gen for a split yep. second yep so forces them off the gen and then it locks the gen for 45 seconds so um this is crazy good <laughs> this is like if you combine this with like deadlock uh and then you have dead man switch on and you run the scourge hook as well and you know this is gonna make generators hard to do one thing to probably keep in mind though whenever generators blocked and it doesn't matter if it's through dead man switch thrilling tremors um deadlock whatever it doesn't regress like yep. so if it if it's regressing and then it got locked it pauses the regression until it's unblocked so yeah, yeah for sure dead man switch will work very well with the um scourge hook and but aside from that may like ruin it won't regress the gen while they're not on it 
So you're losing ruin value effectively. I still think it's strong. I feel still think it's strong enough. The fact it's that it's strong enough. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It makes that survivor go and have to do something else. Most likely, you know that a survivor was on that, so you you know where to go next anyway. As well. Yeah. And like it doesn't have very good synergy with pop. No. Because pop has a forty-five second. Yeah. yeah. So it is a very strong perk. They, they could have had this in the work for a while because yeah, you know, a while ago. I don't so. think it's as strong as people are saying it is, but it's definitely going to become a lot more frequent. And it's a perk when yeah. it first came out. I'm like, this is so close to being such a good perk. Yeah, I think yeah, the only really. thing they might do is say instead of 45 seconds, make it like 30, 35 seconds. Yep. Okay. That's all I could see them doing. But I actually like Deadman Switch. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of them trying and giving some killers some, some stronger stuff. Even though I play mainly Survivor, I, I don't mind. And even if it's like, okay, we'll run this, and then in the next mid-chapter, like, we're going to change this, it was overperforming. At least they tried it. Yeah, so you, like, you yourself, you listen to the pod, you do listen to the podcast, and you wouldn't, like, on the, on the podcast, we, I always talk about how I'm always happy that they're trying that they're trying stuff and like i'm always uh, i get so excited when they actually are just trying stuff they don't just sit on what they've got they go okay let's actually try something different and for me that's what they're doing and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but you're not just sitting there going we're content with our game bring in the dollars yes For sure, yeah, a hundred percent. And it, maybe you, we'll see some more Destlingers now because people will buy Destlinger for for Dead Man Switch and then <laughs> start playing the old Slinger Man. The I guess the the last kind of big thing we have to talk about is some PTV patch notes as well. Lots of patch notes, lots of information this week. Um, yeah, I know we've uh, we've been talking a lot. Um, we will be talking about the Shrine as well after this, and um, it's been a lot of information coming your coming your way. Um, one so i know um i appreciate anyone that's made it this far and listened to us um babble on about <laughs> everything uh about the the dvd world and and all the patch notes and stuff but it is important information and it is cool information so i think it's definitely worth it's definitely worth knowing and and paying attention to so i know it's probably not the most glamorous episode that we've ever recorded but i, I love talking about this stuff so um, I'm happy that I've got someone else who is like <laughs> loving just jumping yeah, into notes as well. Yeah, it's just always good to uh, see like the direction they're trying to take it. Exactly, and... exactly. Yeah, seeing what they're doing. Um, speaking of good direction, uh, they're going to be fixing some specific vulnerabilities that could be abused by cheaters. So yes, it looks like they're actually finally going to be cracking down on um, on cheaters. Let's see, you know soon tm let's see how long that lasts does i mean always find a way to cheat but yeah this like is that, a good thing that's the reality like it doesn't matter what game it is there's always going to be cheaters and yep. you can do as much as you want there is always going to be cheaters and there's nothing you can do about that but you can add precautions and things to limit it which yep. that's what and they're saying they're doing the they can do and like they're always going to have to deal with cheaters that's just the reality of it but at least then they're actively like we're taking a stand on cheaters. We're implementing stuff to fix some of the bigger vulnerabilities and then the rest of it they'll go 
from a case to case notice as it so speaks I, there's a better way to phrase yeah. that but yeah <laughs> i know what you're trying to say yeah and uh yeah i think i think it's good that they're fi- they're, they're finally taking a stand as you said and, and being like we're not gonna put up with cheaters and we're gonna figure out a way to get rid of the vulnerabilities that we have in our game that they can bypass to cheat uh, as you said there will always be cheaters but uh getting rid of 90 percent 95 percent you know whatever percentage it is it's more than they're getting rid of now so yeah. i'll be happy um with them doing so- that uh, one thing that i saw in action today again in the dowsy video that i watched uh the hit feedback has been adjusted to reduce the frequency of visual feedback in the case of a rejected hit so this is talking about mainly the mainly the feels bad when you hit someone and they dead hard and it rejects the hit you get the blood splatter and you get the survivor screaming uh i actually watched today where um it it happened dowsy hit someone and it looked like it was going to be a hit it was it that was that, so it clean did that awkward it, it did that awkward dead hard kind of animation thing but no noise happened uh there was no blood on the screen from a game like a game mechanic point of view it isn't changing a thing no uh, exactly i know at least like some games where you go like two or three where you hit a survivor oh dead hard and it makes a noise and everything's like cool that's great whereas like if it does the like dead hard lunge and you don't hear anything it actually just it looked flawless didn't it it looked like it was just meant to happen like it looked like that was you know it it was it, it almost was like exactly what it is okay that wasn't meant to hit yeah but when you get the blood and the stuff it makes you think well that was meant to hit so yeah it was really cool um this should happen in most cases where you have a decent connection to the server in those situations where you're you know you have a laggy connection or you not don't have that great of a connection um this may still they'll probably try and fix it find a way that they can stop that happening completely um but it definitely made it feel i wasn't even playing and i already i already felt like it was um better uh and it looked more fluid and just part of the game rather than that so um with the beta features thing we're talking about for the first 10 matches you get an extra twenty thousand blood points um so that's kind of cool a bit of incentive to participate in those um we've already talked about the perks so there's only a couple of things here but there's some big stuff so nurse uh has been plagued with issues for a long time a huge part of the code um supporting her um especially the networking has to be redone which is actually what they did in this release finally it's i thought it was something that they would never do uh but they have done it so this <laughs> yeah blink bug gone they, they they've removed the uh the issue that rarely caused a nurse to not be able to trigger a blink which i don't think was that as rare as they thought it was no definitely not so no longer will you have that uh thing where you go to blink and then can't charge up your second blink or you can't charge up a blink um that will be gone hopefully so um that is fantastic news for people that play nurse not so fantastic news for survivors that got away by the skin of their teeth because of the blink bug but um i mean we want the killer to play right don't we so yeah um, i think yeah part of the issue is just the way nurse is because it's 
because nurse gameplay wise and like game mechanics is so different to everything else she's always yep. going to have so many more issues which yeah, i think exactly. that's just the reality of the way the but killer is the thing but i've redone the code now yeah so hopefully those issues don't surface again and for a while anyway should also be able to be easier to fix later on as well you would hope you would hope so because it seems like they've redone it so one can drink. they've done what they don't want to do probably is we have to redo you know we we all know that um they like to spaghetti code and kind of pile on top of re- pre-existing code but this seems like they've actually deleted code and redone it um uh, which is why hopefully this will be such a good fix so uh another thing that someone said is they seem like that their blinks were recharging faster uh this is because when you have a blink that's half when you have one blink and it's charging back for the second blink previously if you pressed charge for that blink the progress would go all the way back to zero like go all the way back to the end of the bar and now it holds it so if you're three quarters of the way through getting to your second blink and you charge a blink you will be able to actually blink and then um as soon as you start fatiguing you'll pretty much have another blink ready to go instantly um because of you know depending on where the the progress bar is so that's kind of cool i actually didn't know this but apparently there was an issue that causes that caused the nurse's vault to be slower than intended uh, yeah i didn't know that either but so funny when a nurse vaulted but <laughs> maybe it's just because uh, no nurses usually vault yeah that's true um the other big thing is they've fixed the snake sound thing when you get um stunned uh and you're in fatigue so you will no longer fatigue after you get stunned during a chain blink you will only go through the stun so this means that it lines up with other killers so when every other killer gets stunned they just get stunned that's it uh nurse got stunned and then fatigued so she kind of got double uh you know double penalty so now you'll just get stunned so you're going to notice that if you do get the rare stun on a nurse uh you still you're not going to have as much time to run away as you normally would but again this is stuff that's been this this stuff will feel bad now to go against because it's been in the game for so long so um they've fixed an issue where she can the nurse was unable to blink through some hills um there definitely is still some stuff that you can't blink through um, but that's just going to be case by case yeah um there's a couple of other nurse changes nothing huge apart from the stuff that we've talked about i would say a lot of it Um, is just minor audio um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, you could fall out of the world after blinking, which I haven't really seen that much. Um, that, that, those are always funny bugs to read. Yeah. Oh, another big thing is uh, the Cenobite. So Pinhead's voice lines are coming. Yes, back. the boxes um, returned. They're coming back with the original, um, the original voice actor. So I s- yeah, um, I saw that as well. That's all. I'm really glad the voice lines are back. I mean, I opened the patch notes, the patch notes, and I came. Yes. So, uh... Yes. <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> it's uh I've heard them in the PTV and it, it is really cool. I've listened to the original YouTube clips of the voice actor and they it is spot on. Um it's probably just ripped straight from it. So yeah, it's it's really cool um that they've brought that in. There's some other bug fixes and stuff where um wrong SFX played or um fixes voice lines were missing challenges um 
weren't, you know, kind of going towards the correct things. Blah blah blah. Not a not a huge deal. That's the main thing. So um yeah, a lot of lot of info coming at you. Yeah. Um this week. Uh but yeah, I, I think it's really good. I'm happy with the way that they are trying to push the game now. The ga- as we were talking about earlier, the game is in a weird state. So anything that is going to try anything that is going to potentially uh push the game in a and in a healthier state and potentially more balanced between killers and survivors um and more accessible it just means it might potentially mean that new people will play and more people will play so i don't i don't know about you though but reading the known issues on a p2b is always amusing for me what did you find succeeding the overcharge skill check removes progression oh no <laughs> And then Fire Up Perk receives three tokens when the last generator is completed. <laughs> oh, wow. You can get a lot of Fire Up tokens then. <laughs> Just reading stuff like that. Like, there's always those funny ones or the um, known issues. Imagine that being like, yes, I hit an overcharge skill check. Oh, I just lost progression. What? Uh, yeah, just... Just love the idea of like, oh yeah, hit that super hard skill check, get penalized by losing like six <laughs> percent progression. That's so good. Um, and then the last thing we have to talk about, as we do every week, is uh, the weekly shrine. So, uh, this shrine, if you are listening, uh, at the, as soon as this goes up, if you're listening, uh, then the shrine only has a couple of days, or maybe two days, maybe even one day, depending on when I get around to uploading. Not long. Not long at all, but this this shrine is delicious. This is the best say. shrine I've seen in a very long time. It might be the best shrine I've ever seen, to be honest. Yep. Uh, but let's um let's go over it. Do you um want to start us off with the survivor? Um, what's on the survivor shrine? Sure. Things. So we have adrenaline, which interesting that the is a. I didn't realize until I looked into a bit that a lot of the shrine perks are actually from characters you get for free. Yeah, this week for this week. I thought in general it's only the ones you actually like the. Oh no no definitely yeah definitely put a lot of a lot of ones in from yeah characters which that you can get with shards or for free. I just meant the ones that come with the game. So like the, yeah yeah the ones there's pro- probably once a one perk at least every shrine is coming from an original survivor. Adrenaline, which honestly is one of my favorite perks. So yeah, whenever the last gen is done, you get sprint burst for five seconds. You heal a health state. Wake up if you're asleep. Um, if you're like on the hook, sleep in asleep in the game, not asleep from holding a M1 on the gens. Nah, that, that's what the um toggles for. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so you wake up if you're against Freddy. Um, adrenaline waits if you're like on the hook or getting carried by the killer. Just if it's on hold. And then, like any other exhaustion perk, you get exhausted for your 60, 50, or 40 seconds. Um, the cool thing about adrenaline is if you're already exhausted, uh, let's say you're injured and you're dead hard away from the killer, and then exhaust, uh, sorry, adrenaline pops, um, you get adrenaline and you get the health state and you get the sprint burst and you just become re-exhausted. So you, uh, it ignores the existing exhaustion, uh, which is very cool. I love this perk a lot, and it amazes me that not too many people run it anymore. 
I, I, I agree. I, I also think that this perk is um, definitely one that should be grabbed. Uh, but I also think that you should just put points into Meg. If you're going to get, if you want adrenaline, just level up Meg. Because that's the thing, all three of her teachables are great perks. Yeah. So I would say don't get her off the shrine unless you really like want it straight away. Uh, if you've got some blood points, save your, save your, um, save your shards for something I, else and just put some yeah. blood points into Meg. I think Dead Hard falls under the same category as well, where you got, yeah, Dead Hard. Um, when injured, press the active ability button, which is E if you're playing on keyboard and mouse, and then whatever it is for controller, whatever you bind it to. And you dash forward, and then in that dash, you avoid any damage, so you get invulnerability very briefly. And it does your typical exhaustion for 60, 50, or 40 seconds. And I don't know about you, but I'd say this is definitely another perk that I would just buy on David because of his other teachables. Yeah, this Dead Heart is my favorite perk in the entire game. I hate it. Um, out of out of any perk, um, maybe potentially up there with uh with my my love for self care, but um, <laughs> Dead Heart is yeah one of one of the good perks. If if you are someone that likes being chased, um, you want to extend a chase out or be able to kind of counter uh, counteract a mistake that you might make or something which is why killers don't like it but you know if you want to extend or kind of just use it for a um a, a fixing of a mistake distance something like that making a killer miss a swing uh i think it's worth getting 100 percent. but again as penguin said David has two other great perks. We're gonna live forever and no mither. No, no mither. <laughs> but I mean, um, for most people, especially given that, like, if you're brand new to the game, you have David already unlocked. I would say David's probably the first um, survivor should level up anyway. For we're gonna live forever. So yeah, we're gonna live forever. Dead hard. So I definitely just leveling up David. Keep your shards and um, level up David and get his other teachable along the way. I've also just realized that on the um, <laughs> on the uh, page from where I get the information, the official wiki for the game, uh, on the description of the pack, it says you can take a beaking, not beating. <laughs> so apparently they released this when the artist came out. Yes. <laughs> you can take a beaking. <laughs> Um, the killer perks are fantastic as well. Um, we have Pop Goes the Weasel, which is a clown perk. This one is great for if you are hooking survivors regularly. Uh, it lasts for 45 seconds after you've hooked a survivor. The next generator you damage instantly loses 25% progression. Uh, and then the regular generator regression sorry, applies afterwards. Um, so this is really, really good for just controlling... Especially late in the game, if you've got a nice like three gen setup, or even if your last three gens aren't too far away, yep. this can just lock them down completely. Um, now, I would say this is worth getting off the shrine. I wouldn't. Bamboozle is a pretty good perk to have, but Colorophobia is uh, or Coolophobia not worth having. So um, potentially you would get Clown for. 
for the Bamboozle and Pop Goes the Weasel. But if you don't really like the idea of Clown, he is pretty fun to play. But if you if you don't want to kind of delve into that, um, Pop is for sure really, really good to play if you want a, a nice solid slowdown um, perk for the gens. Um, definitely. It's a, for me, it's a, it's a no-brainer um, to grab. Uh, the other one is uh, Hex Undying. So uh, this perk has two uh, purposes. So... Uh, one of its lesser, I guess, um, its lesser sort of um, positive abilities is the fact that it shows the survivor uh, aura when they're within four meters of the uh, dull totem. So if they keep, if you if survivor runs past a dull totem, their aura will light up. Or if um, they're trying believe, to burn it. Yeah, I believe that you can see. Um, aura from any distance yes yes so if you're um if you're where the i don't know the you're in like that bathroom upstairs on the um police department and in the opposite corner in that god room there's a dull totem in there you can see the aura so yeah there's no actual cap on it yeah, so this is this is a small thing, but it's uh, very important. It's very like I think it's very important and and can be very good for a little bit of information. Uh, this is a blight perk, um, I believe, and um, the main focus of the perk is uh, the fact that when another perk's hex totem is cleansed or blessed, the hex is transferred to the hex undying totem, um, including any tokens. So. The simplest form of that of this is if uh, most people run Ruin Undying. Uh, so if you have uh, Ruin Undying, the first perk you find technically is Ruin. Uh, when you cleanse Ruin, it basically disables Undying. So very important for and all very important and helpful for keeping your totems alive and uh, still working this can be used a lot of time with devour hope as well so if you it used to basically get rid of the tokens i believe yeah because um, that's when the original undying it used to if you so on that example before if you cleanse the ruin with the undying in the main building ruin might teleport to just a random um double totem that's in a jungle gym so until you got rid of Undying, Ruin would keep moving around until it ran yeah, out of dull totems. the way it used to work was crazy. So that's why it didn't transfer any tokens. Yeah, but now if you have four tokens on your Devour or three tokens and they get rid of your Devour and you have Undying still active, then the Undying will go and you will still keep your three tokens of Devour until they find the next lit totem to get rid of. So... um interesting mechanic with this as well because of the way it moves the perks around if you have haunted grounds with undying and because you have the three hexes two that are haunted one that's the undying if they cleanse one of the haunted grounds associated totems you get the exposed status effect undying disappears and the last two totems are another set of haunted so you can actually get double haunted grounds yeah, it's not fun to be on the other side when you're a, when you're a survivor. It's a lot of fun <laughs> when you're on the killer side, though. Yeah, when you're on the killer side, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but this is a blight, as I said before, this is a blight perk. So 
Uh, I honestly think that as much as there's a lot of blights and blights a free hit simulator, lol. Um, I think you potentially blight has blood favor uh, as well, and um, what's the dragon's grip, isn't it? Dragon's grip, yeah. Um, so blood favor is pretty good. It's actually become a lot more useful now that the all attacks work and make it block the uh the pallets. Um, dragon's grip's not very used. Um, but dragon's grip could become something you might use with dead man switch because it makes the survivor scream. Uh, and then they'll jump off the gen and it blocks the gen or something. So, um, just the blight strength and, and the, how fun he is to play. A lot of people have a lot of fun playing him. Uh, it might be worth, uh, getting blight instead if you've got some shards lying around. Otherwise, definitely grab undying. Undying is definitely, I wouldn't run undying by itself for the more no, reading of dull totems. It is when you're protecting your other totems. That is when this perk shines. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, of everything we had to talk about today. We've, uh, as I've said many times, we've talked about so much information today. So uh, I definitely thank you all. If you've made it to the end with us and uh, and listened to us talk all things Dead by Daylight for this whole entire time. Um, Penguin, did you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, on Twitch or any of your places where you upload your content, my friend? So I have my Twitch channel over the Toxic Penguin over on Twitch. And then I have a YouTube under the same name. My, I'd give you a regular schedule, but between inconsistent work shifts, that's all over the place. <laughs> but yeah. generally I'm live about three or four times a week. Yeah. I'll put all the links in the, uh, in the, show notes um so you'll be able to go and find them if you would like to go and check out penguin i definitely highly encourage it penguin is a uh very knowledgeable person of dead by daylight and very good the game super fun to just chill and hang out with and um yeah just an, a good person in the community honestly just a nice despite the name being the toxic penguin um <laughs> a, a lovely person who's um who's actually really nice another good person like in the oc community that's uh just like a, a positive person. Um, so definitely go and, uh, and check him out. And uh, yeah, as I said, I'll leave the, the links uh, in the description or anything, everything like that. Uh, was there any other words or final things that you wanted to say um, at all, Penguin? Uh, just shout out to the ones that listened through the whole thing about me <laughs> rambling on with you all day. And yeah. <laughs> aside from that, just thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. It was awesome. It was uh, it was a long time coming, but uh, I'm glad we got around to it. And um, yeah, I appreciate you um, you wanting to come on and chat with me. That's all right, man. It's good fun. This brings us to the end of yet another podcast. Make sure you go and check out The Toxic Penguin on YouTube and Twitch. Thank you all for listening. Have fun out in the fog. And as I always say at the end of the podcast, don't get caught in the basement.